Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we talk about a movie we just watched. Uh, in this time, we'll provide our own version of the synopsis, have an open discussion about things we liked, what we didn't like, what we would change, and final thoughts. My name is Ted Hong. I'm Richard Bertelson. And this episode, we are going to be talking about Terminator. Dark Fate! My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. You, well, how confident do you feel about your synopsis? I like it. I'm okay. proud of it. I'm generally never confident in my synopsis. <laughs> um, so let, let me go first then. Okay. <laughs> we'll ease them into the good stuff. So Assassin kills Mark, then reflects on life in the middle of the Texas woods and becomes a draper. My synopsis is drapery salesman from the future <laughs> saves all of mankind. Ah. <laughs> uh. I also wanted to say Terminator plays Roy. Oh, yeah. From, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I thought about that, too. <laughs> yeah. You went back to the carpet store after getting cancer? Uh, from Rick and Morty, that is, yeah. everyone. Yeah, it does. It I, That did cross my mind. It does feel like that. So that's the, uh, that's the gist of this movie. This is the sixth Terminator film, and One, I two, think three, that's right. Four... <laughs> Uh, it's yeah there are three in the original trilogy well there are two and then there's a third one that is a direct sequel then there's two reboots and then this one which is actually still a direct sequel to two i take it so this is a reboot it's like of the third terminator it's like superman superman they ignore the two in superman returns that this is dark fate is the superman returns of the superman franchise yes uh, a different T-800 that mm-hmm. is still Arnold Schwarzenegger, but after Sarah Connor saves the world and she runs off to the Bahamas or some shit with... Um, I think they're still in Mexico. Sure. Uh, <laughs> with John Connor. He comes out of the ocean, shoots John Connor, goes about his merry way back into the ocean. <laughs> and then, then we come to, to now where a different future, a different awful AI that has destroyed not Skynet, has destroyed all of humanity... A then different resistance sends back a different type of machine to save a different savior it's from the a different Terminator. Um, but Sarah Connor is back because she spends her time. Apparently, these uh, time anomalies happen kind of all the time, and she kills them all except for this one. And she needs to enlist that T eight hundred, not the one who died at the end of Terminator two, but the one who actually killed John Connor right in nineteen ninety eight when this movie opens and she has to enlist his help along with the other non-terminator terminator that saves against the it's a whole thing guys yeah um but anyway i will say that as a direct sequel to two it is a better direct sequel than any of the other ones that were made between it yeah it's tighter which i really appreciate because right when you start the movie you're hitting the ground running which I really appreciate because it really pulls you in. And it was enough to where you get a backstory, but they don't like milk the backstory yeah. for you. Um, to... When you meet Daniela and her brother, Danny. Diego, and her father, you get 
a snippet of her life and you understand where she's coming from and what connection she had so that when machines start essentially just destroying everything, you at least have some kind of anchor in right. who she is. Do you see how um, how efficient she is during the day? Um, and even like a sort of, not a backhand comment, but how about a backhand insult? Or I don't know. It was when she was talking to the boss and he's like, but your brother's not you. He doesn't work like you. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, just, it's like little things peppered in to get us to Establishing us that idea. even though she yeah. seems like she's not important, she's definitely a very capable person. I think that with the with the pacing and with, with stuff like that, I think one thing that's... One, thing, one reason why I say it's a better sequel than any of the other ones that came after 2, that is also to say that it still doesn't really touch the first two movies no. as a piece of cinema. Those movies are excellent. The second one especially is one of the greatest movies ever made. I, I have some ideas as to why that but is. I think that Tim Miller, this director, either is at least the first person who ever tried to emulate James Cameron or at least the first person talented enough to get close to the style. Right. Of James Cameron. So at least it feels like Terminator, where some of the other ones don't. Mm-hmm. And they've all tried to to bring parody with the time, but there's something about the time and place that the first two Terminators were made that make them what they are. They are bombastic sometimes, but they are also methodical and imposing and kind of creepy. Their action movies with an uneasiness to them yeah, as opposed to a loudness to them, which is what most of the Terminator sequels have. And this movie at least hints at that uneasiness. Um, like, it, it's more grounded in the first two. And on top of that, like, they, with the subsequent ones, they're always throwing lines like, okay, so here's the thing with, like, T2 had a lot of very quotable lines, right? But that's, that, it was a, in a very authentic situation, Right, but now it's like the "I'll be back" line. We just have to keep saying it's just use. It's just like beating a dead horse. Because in in Terminator Two, it wasn't that they were winking before he said it. Yeah, it's like oh, this is a good line. First time. Yeah, it (laughs) and it was just because it fit the scene so well, and that's where it carried. And this is where it's also. I mean, those some of those lines that that what makes them iconic is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually a pretty good actor. He's been in a lot of bad movies, and his accent makes him seem stilted sometimes. But he embodies that heartless thing so, so well. well. Yeah. And I don't think it's just because he's bland. I think it's. I think he knew what he was doing, and I would actually argue in this movie almost proves it a little bit. What? That he knows how to play that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not, it wasn't an accident. And he's so, he's so good at humor was part of his... <laughs> charm i enjoyed it for what it was it does not hold the same place as the first two as as those or or any iconic action movie it's yeah. just a it's just a good it was emulation good enough. of something uh, yeah i think yeah. emulation is the uh the most fitting word here because that was really a lot of what it was um i, I agree mostly uh one thing i didn't like but it fits the story i guess on a personal level just because you know John Connor is this whole force. Although I kind of like the concept that they did in the third movie, which is like he had certain generals, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you remember. No, like really. it wasn't because the idea that it's just one person that kind of right. saves the world, right? Right? Is is a, it's far fetched. 
So having like a sort of like group of people. So I was thinking like if Danny did die, then another person would maybe kind of step up. Not intentionally like, oh, this person's dead. Now I'm going to do it. It just happens to be because the situation. Because in, in the history of humanity where there's a need, someone fills it. Right. Um, so it's that, that idea. I, I, I would like that. I just don't like the way that John Connor died. At least they could have... <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm saying it almost like eradicates any value he didn't really need to die and also i know why skynet still didn't come back and that's because in t- t2 they destroyed the chip and all that stuff yeah. so that company didn't have any of that technology and of course mm-hmm. somebody else would eventually so in that case he didn't need to die other than to make sure sarah Connor's still a hard ass i guess like but it, she would have still been a hard ass because she still survived the first two movies so. if it's in this in the sense that you know it's like it brought a lot of weight to Linda Hamilton's character, which she is a total badass. There were some times yeah. she delivered lines that I was like, Neh. but like I'll say ninety five percent of the time she was awesome. I agree with that. I think yeah. I think some of the cases where she she was given some of those lines you mentioned before, too many, a couple winky lines. Yeah, and I think that she delivered them about as well as you can deliver a line that's written badly. Yeah. But you could tell that in most of the movie, yes, I agreed. She was very watchable, very yeah. compelling. Same as, uh, I, I, now I don't know this actress's name. You do, though. The, Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last week, Ted fawned over uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> Mackenzie Davis, I enjoy very, very much. She's a very talented no, she's actress. she's so good, yeah. Not in very much, but I'm hoping that this might mean she's in more. I guess it depends on how successful this is, but she's very good. And this is an action movie, which she's a badass, too. But, I mean, I know her from an hour-long drama that ran for four years in AMC, Halt and Catch Fire. She also has quite a bit of range and depth, and uh, it'd be great to see her in more stuff. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed her performance. I thought she was great. Again, also with, like, some of the lines. The sort of, I'll fuck you up. I don't know why I want to punch your goddamn face. And it's like, okay, well, I don't don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really see why you're hating this person so much. There was no sort of animosity. She did come and save your ass and... I just want to punch you in the face. Yeah. yeah. She was kind of trying to take over her plan, though, and she's kind of bossy. Yeah. I can see why they wouldn't like each other right off the bat, but I agree that the way that's communicated is a little too much sometimes. It's a little too much, yeah. it's uh, The response was too extreme for the actual situation. Right. So in terms of the overall group, and this is where I have uh, a note written as jigsaw pieces, what I really liked about the four, so there's uh, there's Carl. Um, <laughs> girls, girls are not so negative. Yeah, uh, there's Sarah Connor, there's uh, Grace, and then of course there's Danny. Each one, what I really enjoy, I think this is why it makes it work, is that no one character is particularly strong, apart from the antagonist, right? Who mm. who can split into two, has the T1000 ability, and also has the old T800 sort of uh, stature. Um, kind of the the Terminator and Terminator Three as well. It's a yeah. combination of a T1000 and a yeah. T800. This one does it better. This definitely. one does do it better. I agree. Yeah. Um, um, they, they, it's like they took that idea and they're like, no, you should have done this with that idea. Yeah. And they're right. They should have done this with that idea. Hold my beer. Let me show and you. So, I mean, uh, I'm sure actually James Cameron, since he came back as a producer, probably did CT3 and he's like, no, 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 no. no, no. Well, let me get this right. <laughs> um, but the idea is like, okay, so with uh, Carl, he's like, he's not very, uh, he's not very fast, but he's super strong and resilient, right? Mm. And contrast that with, well, okay, so Danny, she's more of, like, the heart of the character, right? Mm-hmm. So she's the most inexperienced, so it's fine. But she's the one that, obviously, everyone is She brings the most around. humanity to it. Yes, even exactly. Though, even though Sarah Connor's a human, you could argue she lost her humanity she a while lost, ago. Yes. So she is the most experienced. And while she's not as, you know, as tough as the T-800 
or as the uh, as Grace, the, who was an augment. Augments. Yeah. There we she go. Was, so the the I term, love that concept. The, by the Terminator way. who comes back, the quote unquote Terminator who comes back to protect the the target this time is a human who. So she is still a full. She is still a human being, but she has. It looks like this metallic mesh in this power source within her right. that makes her stronger and faster. Yeah, I really love that concept. I think that's a wonderful... I think it's a good way to go. Uh, something to add in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she's super... It prevented you from retreading Terminator 2, yeah. mm-hmm. which is all about him becoming more human. Right. Even though this movie tries to rush you through that. Yeah. With Arnold Schwarzenegger's actual character. Because it's yes. a different one. And so it's like, oh, yeah, we went through that arc, even though that one died. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to tell you real quick why he went it's through essentially this arc. It's essentially the same. The yeah. It is. This whole thing is essentially but the same thing. That is still better than us totally retreading it, I guess. Yeah. But it was still a little clunky. Um, yeah, it's like a blend of like Kyle Reese and the Terminator. But. Like each one, like some people had certain strengths and some people had weaknesses. In terms of like storytelling, it's good because. And something like that helps you understand that if all the characters don't necessarily like each other that much, you do understand fully they need each to, other though. Yeah. They mm-hmm. need to stay together. So it's not one of those things where you're like, why don't they just fuck off? Well, because they all recognize and you recognize the viewer the danger, that yeah. they have mm-hmm. to stay together because the it's the only way they'll survive. Yeah. So that's where I just wanted to. Uh, give it a little praise i thought that was good but i will say uh one thing that i didn't like that we're kind of talking about we talked about a little bit which were the lines that were delivered the sort of wink wink kind of lines Mm -hmm. so the case for me is like if you're gonna be badass just be badass and i hate when they do this because it's it's the it's the cool rule right it's like look at me look how cool i am you saying that instantly makes you not <laughs> erases all of the cool points you just right. got right because if you if you look at back at t1 and t2 no one like th- this is again the situation where they're just actually in the scene no one's saying i'll be back because i think it's a cool line right. he's he just said it because he will be back the right the terminator and the t1000 are not aware that they're cool. They are on a mission and they're doing what they're doing. Right. They are not looking at the audience and being like, hey, hey, right. I'm pretty cool, right? But, okay, so I will have to at least give a little bit of a allow for one line. It's when the Rev 9 yeah, the Rev has 9. to go through the the metal detector. And he's like, <laughs> my whole body's a weapon. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just save it for the ladies. Right? Which is great because yeah. it. there you go. It wasn't like... That's him it being. That's, that's him it. emulating a cocky military yes, guy right. in a way that is realistic. Because that's what he already did when he first walked right. in, right? So that's that's my point. It delivered the line that was specifically in the situation, not for. It wasn't like a. It wasn't pandering to the audience. It wasn't it a wasn't, callback. It wasn't a fan service kind of thing. Sometimes fan service is fine if you're going to be over the top and deliberate about it. But in this, where you're kind of like having it, you want to take it seriously. You doing something like that kind of pulls you out from the situation mm-hmm. and also depreciates the impact that you're trying to give. So that's that's my thing where it's like <sighs> I agree. The one of the things when I say he tr- uh, Tim Miller, the director here, seems to be either the only one trying or more capable of emulating uh, James Cameron's style. One of the reasons why it doesn't fully succeed, even though he is capable of emulating it, is because it has those uneven moments where it's Tim Miller's the director of Deadpool. It's where yeah. it's where Tim comes through mm-hmm. as opposed to he is he seemed to be so dedicated to I'm just going to match the style. But then every once in a while, he's like, 
No, I'm still me, which is f- it's not so bad. But it's not I so bad. It's, it's but it definitely at that point you kind of ask, well, why didn't you just do it in your style? Yeah. Or why did you hire that director? Yeah. One or the other. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we'll return to our discussion in just a second. But first, a very brief ad from our friend Mendel Sands. If you want to know more about Mendel Sands, you can see him on our D and D Play podcast here in this feed or in its own feed just by searching Character Arcana on your favorite podcasting app. Mendel, the Rev Nine is creepy sometimes. Yeah, like when he stands back up, I like that he doesn't move like a human, and mm-hmm. I don't mean like when he gets floaty sometimes. Because that's not great. Like when he leaps but from I mean, one thing like, to another. I just mean like when he's running over the fence and he just oh, kind yeah. of looks like an alien oh, yeah. in a weird mm-hmm. way. Or when he gets shot down and he stands back up, his limbs, when they realign, don't realign in a way that you would picture yeah. a humanoid doing. Right. Which gave him this... Creepy factor. This horror sci-fi kind of vibe to him, which if you watch, especially Terminator 2... The T-1000, like, some of the iconic scenes make you feel uneasy. Like, when he gets frozen, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like this creepy alien sort of uh, imagery. Right. And I felt like that was captured here a little bit more. I do, I just want to, the Rev-9 separating, that's another just, it's, it ends up being good imagery. It's one of those things where when I first saw it, I was kind of like, well, what's the point of that? And Mm -hmm. or why isn't he always two different things? But actually, it's another thing where that... The imagery of it ends up being so unsettling sometimes yeah. that it's very well done. And it's actually, it is kind of cool that then they have two enemies, uh, even though say, he could almost always be separate. But I'm sure there's some kind of explanation that it has to be close to his core. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, honestly, some of the sci-fi can be pulled apart here pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but I that's was... true of the originals, too. But that's not the... Yeah, because if you're going to have something that's like AI, you're going to send robots to kill people i'm sure there are other means like destroy resources you you're robots you don't need water right yeah, fair point so they could have done things specifically like pollute this kill all the livestock blah blah blah, blah. um uh richard and i have actually talked about this where it seems like the the most recent additions have been kind of dwindling if not dropping we have about quality. two decades of Terminator movies that most people don't like. Yeah, I, I think Salvation's probably the best out of the three intervening ones. But it's the one of the things about Salvation though is it's not really it's, it doesn't really follow the structure of any no. of the others. It's kind of which a is maybe not a, too. But it is it's it's well it was the era of when when every movie was a dark gritty reboot. Yeah. Um. And so it was definitely that. So there's no heart to it. I mean, I couldn't really feel. There's literally the, a heart that's taking out take, of yes, um, uh, Sam Worthington. <laughs> Sam Worthington's character. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the that's the plot but anyway <laughs> see but i really like this hybrid thing and i was hoping that they would take that in terminator salvation and actually apply that to john i don't know i think i'm just loving the character of john connor because in the second movie he, you, you see how resourceful he is although he's a child he doesn't have that much of a but that part where he like convinces his mom to not kill dyson shows that sort of leadership quality right. that's what i mean like i'm a little i'm a little saddened by that because there was such a great potential for that character i'm i don't know like it still works in this movie i don't know i don't see i think it, i think you're trying to capture something though that that's characterized by a child performance that is the character is predicated on the idea that he's a child he's naive he's kind mm-hmm. of a little bit of a fuck up right like i said the movie brings out like He's sometimes whiny, and be, the fact that he is those things that are kind of annoying 
makes him feel like a real, real child. Yes, exactly. And then, like you said, the movie pulls out of him these moments where he must be resourceful and he must show leadership so that you kind of get the idea, I think, with that movie. Like, again, that movie's way more, quote-unquote, film than anything that followed it in mm-hmm. the franchise because that movie's literally contained within a character showing you, hey, any human no matter how they may appear right now, has the potential to do amazing things. Right. Because how someone is... I mean, John was kind of a delinquent. Mm-hmm. How someone is when they're 12 or 13 or 14 is not who they can be. Right. And so, again, it's a movie with a purpose, and I don't think yeah. any of the movies that followed... Even this one, which I think is stylistically a lot better and a lot more enjoyable than the intervening ones. But for I don't Danny, know that it has a purpose, though. Yeah, like, yeah. for Danny... Um, Oh, so this is the point of that I was saying about like the cool rule where I don't know if you recall when um Sarah Connor was in T two when she was shooting uh the T one thousand um with the shotguns. Mm-hmm. The shotgun shells and uh then she she wasn't was she saying anything? I don't recall. If she was, there was nothing, at least in my memory, nothing that was like specifically on the nose. That last line that Danny gives about like I don't, I'm going to kill you, you bastard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, uh, just do it. You know, this is what I mean. Like, they, oh, why why throw out these, these lines? I mean, <clears throat> Terminator 1 and 2 definitely have one-liners like that, including they when they're t- including when they're trying to kill someone. The difference is it wasn't as much of a trope then. Now it's a trope. Now yeah. we look at it in a uh, different way. <clears throat> but when you That's saw it. that when you were five... And then, bec- and then it's grandfathered in. I know you've seen it many times since mm-hmm. then, but it's grandfathered in. It's not. But like, I mean, there were. It's also a better movie. The, but <laughs> the the decades too. But I, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's the the method of how you do it. She came back from twenty forty two. She says expressly. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I the know where you fuck does this apocalypse happen? Good point. Also, like, how old is Danny? Like two years from now. And also, yes, when they show her in the yeah. future, she they don't put any effort into making her look older. No. But she's at least 22 I was gonna say, years older. Right. So 20 years later, she's 40-something. Yeah. And she looks... Exactly like, the same. Yeah. They gave her fucking cornrows, but that's it. That's yeah. the only difference. I was wondering why. Is, is that supposed to make her look tougher? It. I guess. It doesn't make her look older. Right. Um, but my thing is that, like, they literally go at the end and creepily view child, yeah, <laughs> child Grace. How does she even know which Grace it is? Because I don't think she ever got like a last name, like or a name, last yeah. name, or said, "Oh yeah, I was born over here, and this is what happened." But so, and Grace was a child when it happened, when the apocalypse. So, like, are they like two years from the apocalypse? Because that's bullshit. I mean, I understand all the all the Terminator movies do that. I guess it's like it's either three or five years in T two from the apocalypse. But that movie in, incorporates the idea that this company is already creating the T eight hundred. The hand already exists. The yeah. chip already exists. And so you're drawn into the sci fi world. And that's like the last time they ever do something like this. Right. This is just our world, yeah. as far as we know. This is just our world. But the vision of the future we see twenty years from now involves technology. So far beyond anything that we are can even conceive of right now. I know, and it's like, why, why do that? Why not? I guess because you need someone alive. But it, you could say it's an ancestor. But if you're gonna set your sci-fi and you want it to be batshit sci-fi, mm-hmm. set it a hundred years in the future. Yeah. Then when you're wrong, you'll be dead and nobody cares. <laughs> 
which is kind of what they did with the original one. It was like they said Judgment Day started this time, but but where the where they like say where Kyle Reese in his timeline, because yeah. at this point John be Connor's like an adult. Years. Yeah, John Connor is an adult, like well into being an adult, yeah. and then Kyle Reese is a younger person, right. right? And then yeah, so that there's more fudge room, I guess, in that. I have a bit of a plot hole in this, so. If in that timeline with Danny and Grace, it's Legion, why is there an HK flying above? Because that's specifically Skynet. <laughs> is I it didn't not? Really put that together, but I guess so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. As far as the technology that we do have, mm-hmm. that scene at the beginning, that shit looked real good. With young I, Sarah Connor. With Sarah Connor. I will say that some of her motions looked a little bit too fluid, but it wasn't so distracting. Like, I could see it, but was it, it wasn't of, so bad. Was it end of Gemini Man bad? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, was, I mean, well, to be fair, too, she didn't have to do a bunch of complicated stuff. It's not a very right. long sequence. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it looked... It looked it better. Was better. It looked better than Carrie Fisher in, that's in Rogue One, and it looked better than... A lot of the more dramatic scenes, at least with Will yeah. Smith in Gemini Man. The thing it was like really that her good. hair flowing was also was what drew my attention to the sure. sort of weird um, physics. And, but even like John Connor, like it was like I couldn't I couldn't see anything with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. I think it was just the one shot where she's leaning back in her chair. Um, but then after that, uh, like her pulling out her gun and trying to shoot the T eight hundred and going over to John, uh, all of that looked real. You're right. I will agree. Very good. It was really good. I will say too, just jumping on the technology in the movie in general, all of the action sequences are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. They are really good. They were really good. They escalate in a way that both is sat they do continue to up the stakes and get more ridiculous, but it never feels silly the way that like Fast and Furious feels silly. Or Genesis. Which by the way, those movies are wonderful and I love them. But they there's they're wonderful because they're kind of silly. Right. But this movie does kind of the same set piece ideas, but they feel more visceral and grounded mm-hmm. and like the one thing leads into another that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, I mean, obviously there's tons of CG in this movie, but it's both hidden very well. Mm-hmm. Mm, there are times when the robots are fighting yeah. that it feels like a DC movie, but... Like a cutscene in a game. Yeah. But when like shit's blowing up or the car chases and stuff like I I feel like a lot of the car stunts were probably real or right. they did a really fucking good job. And same goes when I mean I think I think it's on purpose when the Rev Nine fights the T eight hundred under the water. Either it's a clever idea to hide the CG because the water distorts the image anyway. Yeah. Or because James Cameron is a producer, something had to be underwater. It's kind <laughs> of a James Cameron thing. Is it? Hold on. Apart from Titanic, that's all I can think of. After and after Avatar. he made Titanic, though, oh, okay. he dedicated the reason why he hasn't made that many movies because he dedicated his life to underwater travel. Uh, also, The Abyss, though. Right. And, oh yeah. And supposedly the next Avatar sequel will be almost entirely underwater. What? He has a weird underwater thing. Okay. He is also though with his personal fortune advanced underwater exploration. Underwater. Yeah, I do like, know that yes, massively. Do, yeah. He's invented technology that allowed him to go deeper than other people because he just likes it. I will say because uh, yeah, the set pieces definitely were well placed, and that's that's what I liked about the first Terminator. I was gonna say that there was a moment in that last part where, again, with Danny, like she emerges to be like the leader. Like what was great about the first two was that nobody seemed to step out of their, the realm of the character. Yes. I know she's supposed to lead the resistance, this new resistance, but her character now is that she has no military training. 
Right. Like if she learned, see, that was the thing with like in T2, like John Connor learned one or two things from doing something and he applied it. Right. That's different because you see it in the movie. But in this one, like suddenly she knows how to do, I don't know. Well, do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of a problem that I have is that they put her in a firing range for literally 30 seconds. And what? Not a firing range, but they're outside and oh, yeah. they, they're like trying to train her to shoot a gun for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And she goes from two bad shots to two perfect shots and then training over. It like five bad shots. It's 15. not time elapsed. It's yeah. they're literally sequential. And the fact that Sarah Connor's like, yeah, you got it now. It's like, no, she <laughs> doesn't. At <laughs> well, it's a steps. shotgun as well. Shotguns. Uh, just kind of. Yeah. yeah. That was too I quick. agree. Like, her yeah. character just doesn't, as much as they, as much as I do enjoy the way they established her at the beginning, they didn't make you believe what she's supposed to become mm. as well as. Oh, the movie that I really, the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just as well as it's been done before. It was what really prompted me was uh, for Sarah Connor, because at that point she was a waitress nothing no military background but because her time with kyle she learned to do certain things and you know she used that line to like get up soldier that kind of thing Mm -hmm. like she's trying to repeat the things he said you can see the development in the time spent together also when she becomes a badass as two and that's because of one yeah exactly (laughs) she's not suddenly a badass in the first movie i mean that whole entire scene where he's uh she's being chased by the top half of the t-800 she's trembling she's doing whatever she can to to finish it off yeah that's that's what i mean i would i would have liked to see something like this if you think back to t2 they're in what is it a steel mill uh that's at the end but even then it's not like super flashy Mm -hmm. uh there's a helicopter scene but that's a chase and even then it's really limited to just the highway it's like it's very it's very clear it doesn't try to go out of bounds with what it has i don't know if that's just a product of our time it is i mean that that's kind of what i was that's what I, th- I think that they. I think that the other three movies made the mistake of trying to match modern action cinema, and it just doesn't really have a place in this franchise. At least not if you want us to think about it as this franchise, because we the first two films are just too important that no one's going to come to something called Terminator and not think about those first. Mm-hmm. So you really do. You can't just say, okay, well this is now a Marvel movie. We just yeah. called it Terminator. <laughs> no, you have to. You have to. You have to have some. Uh, you have to have a style guide of some kind to be like, this is what this is, and this movie did that. Yeah, better. It, than it kind of. It was a little bit reminiscent of the older, uh, the first two. But I think uh, one of the other elements that were missing for the, the other subsequent ones was that there was not a horror element, to it. In you this, know, because like this the one fr- you mean? this one kind of because there was a creepy oh you aspect, mean in the argue, you mean but in like the, the Genesis. Yeah. Or yeah, no, yeah, the, they 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 left off that idea that those movies are supposed to fill you with dread. Yeah, and instead they decided these are action movies, and they are action movies, but they're action movies that are supposed to make you feel fear and dread. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, they're sci-fi horror action. Right, like the iconic scene in T two where. Uh, John Connor runs into the back, uh, the halls behind yeah. the stores, and then the two Terminators are converging on mm-hmm. him, and it's all in slow mo, right? And usually I don't really care for slow mo, but this was good because it built that tension. You all, we all saw where this was going, and it was great. It was indeed. This mo- watching this made me really want to watch the first two again. It's I've seen them both many times, two countless times, but it's been a while. Yeah, and it'd be good to revisit. Having this movie kind of match 
the feel well enough but not be as satisfying mm -hmm. made me just think the whole movie i can't wait to watch those again <laughs> join us on our new segment revisiting i don't know can we watch all the terminators <laughs> yeah <laughs> back to back we gotta get out of here yep. my final thought is this is the best attempt since terminator 2 to make a sequel to the terminator movies it is better than the three that came before it I think that if you really like Terminator a lot, it's worth watching, knowing it's still not going to be those. It's right. going to be a good try. Uh, be sure to uh, come see us at our website, characterarc.net, uh, for future episodes. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may podcast your podcasting ears. Anywhere. Just get the machines, dial them in dial how old are you push the buttons nobody <laughs> dials <laughs> nobody presses buttons either <laughs> push the the screen yes thank you guys so much for listening um do rate us and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and you can find us on facebook at character arc and on instagram at character arc um my name is richard bertelson and my name is ted hong thank you thank you have a good night